Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season two, episode 10 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Sacrifice, which is a little bit of a red herring because there was not indeed a sacrifice. Yeah, you scared me last week because I was like, fuck, like who's dying next episode? But no, I will say this episode gave us something we haven't had in a while, which is a number of romance storylines happening. Yes, I actually should clarify. There was a sacrifice, but not the one we thought, which is Stefan sacrificing himself to save Jeremy. That's true. Sacrificing his mental well-being. Jeremy thought he was sacrificing himself. Elena tried to sacrifice herself. Both the Gilberts failed this week. Stefan didn't mean to, but he did win on the sacrifice board. So he meant to. Well, he didn't plan on it going in. Yes, fair enough. He kind of ended up there. So as always, I'll read the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Elena decides to take matters into her own hands and offers a tempting incentive to Rose for her help. When things take an unexpected turn, however, Rose calls on Damon to deal with the plan Elena has set in motion. Jeremy's reckless attempt to help Bonnie retrieve the Moonstone lands him in a life-threatening position and forces Stefan to put himself in danger. Bonnie and Luca form a closer connection. Tyler shows Caroline the Lockwood cellar, where she makes a discovery that leaves them both terrified. Jam-packed episode. There's like so many A, B, C plots. All of them are important and riveting. But we start the episode in the Gilbert house. It's the middle of the night. Elena's asleep, but she wakes up to a noise. And we see the cause of one noise is Dr. Martin sneaking around her house. And she like, you know, stirs, but she doesn't spot him right away. And then she gets up and looks around. He has more footsteps and turns around, but it's not Dr. Martin. It's naked Alaric and half naked Jenna eating ice cream. And it's very clear. Yeah, Alaric's sex hair is out the wazoo. I mean, it's, it's very clear what's happening here to not just the audience, but Elena. And as, you know, Jenna and Alaric are trying to, like, explain when there's really nothing to explain, Dr. Martin grabs a bunch of stuff from Elena's room, some hair from her hairbrush, a picture. Alaric eventually is like, okay, well, this is too awkward for me, so I'm going to just get out of here. Yeah, Alaric's like, look, I'm not selling that something different is happening here. The longer I stand here, the weirder it's getting. I'm just going to go. So he goes back to Jenna's room, and Jenna takes the opportunity to apologize to Elena and says like, hey, I know he's been spending a lot of time here. Are you really cool with it? And Elena's like, yeah, I'm super cool with it. Good for you. So Elena goes back to bed and Dr. Martin simply walks out the front door without being caught. Yeah, pretty lucky break from him. He's like, wow, that was a lot easier than I thought. Good thing those two were having sex. Yeah. Unless he cast a spell (laughs) to make them have sex. I doubt that. I don't (laughs) think they needed it. (laughs) Maybe that was his plan. And he was like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good here. (laughs) I'm set. No spell necessary. So then we go over to the tomb for just a hot second to see the Salvators go in. But then we go directly to the Gilbert house where the Salvators are like, we saw Catherine. So Catherine's like, hey, you guys should come into the tomb. And they're like, no, because obviously if they came in, they can't leave. They have (laughs) to remind us of that because it'll be important to remember that later. Yeah, that's a good fact to have. And they said, hey, you know what, Catherine, we would love it if you would give us the Moonstone. And she says, "Okay, get your witch to let me out and you can have the goddamn Moonstone. And they're like, but we don't want to do that, though. Stefan's like, didn't you say like last week that you liked it here because you're safe from Klaus? And she's like, yeah, I'm hungry now and I'm bored and I'm dirty. So I'm over that little delusion of mine. Yeah, she's like, hey, at least I won't be bored when I'm running from Klaus, which I I get. I'd rather be like a fugitive than sitting in a room by myself desiccating. If I'm Catherine, I'm like, I've lived long enough. Like, if he wants to catch me, let him catch me. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And she says, look, I'll even throw in a sweeter deal. If you let me out, you can have the Moonstone and I'll disappear. And they don't want to take that deal. And so we go over to the Gilbert house to see them discussing this information with Elena. And the Salvatores are like, well, we don't really believe that Catherine's going to leave, but we want the Moonstone so we can destroy the spell that Klaus wants to break. And if we destroy the spell, Doppelganger doesn't have to die. Now, it's worth noting that the info they have about the Moonstone was received from Slater, who was being compelled by Elijah. So they don't know this, but we don't know how reliable that information actually is. Oh, I am assuming this is a full lie. 
there may be a way to break the spell without the sacrifices. I don't think this is the way to do that. I think they, they're like, look, we need the moonstone and we're not going to fight all these people to get it. So let's let them get it, organize all this shit together. We just pop in and sacrifice. We need to sacrifice. Yeah. Like this, I think this is very clearly a lie for them to get the moonstone without doing the dirty work. Sure. So Elena asks what their plan is to get the moonstone out of the tomb. And they say that basically they're going to release the spell from the moonstone and they recruited Bonnie to help. And Elena says, yeah, but even if you can release the spell from the moonstone, you're not going to be able to get the moonstone from Catherine. They're like, well, we're going to pry it from her if we have to. And they're like, here's our plan. We're going to have Bonnie lift the spell on the tomb for just a second so we can get in, grab it and get out. It's not a awful plan, but it definitely has way too many pitfalls for it to be really like their first choice. This would be a good plan if Bonnie could reliably take the spell off, but they've only seen her try once. And last time her grandma, who was more powerful, was helping her and failed. So this just doesn't seem super realistic. It just feels like the person they should send into the tomb. Weaken her? Absolutely. But it feels like the person they should send into the tomb is a lark easily. Yeah, they don't use a lark enough. I mean, my thing is get Catherine to the front, stake her in the heart, send a human in. Uh, she's dead. You're good. I, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to kill her. I I think they want to have the information from her. And also, I think I think that they think them having Catherine when Klaus gets into town could be a bargaining chip. I guess that makes sense that like, well, now at least Elena's not the only doppelganger. Well, Klaus wants revenge on Catherine. And so if he wants revenge on Catherine, he wants to kill her. He's not going to be happy if someone else killed her. That's true. And I will say the only reason we think that Catherine is not a good doppelganger for this spell is that Catherine told us being a vampire stops you from being the doppelganger that can be sacrificed. Uh, they need to sacrifice a human doppelganger. Okay. It's not that being a vampire stops her from being a doppelganger. But I'm just saying we only got that information from Catherine. So I'm, I'm assuming that's true but they don't really have proof of that either way. So it would behoove them to keep her on the off chance that would work. Yeah, they don't gain anything from killing her at this point. And Elena is like, here's my issue with your plan. I'm not going to let you do it. <laughs> They're like, um, that's not really what we were telling you about it for. And she says, look, Klaus is still going to be an issue, even if we have the Moonstone. And Stefan's like, yeah, we'll find Klaus after we get the Moonstone, whatever, whatever. And Elena's like, oh, is that before or after he kills everyone I love, including the two of you? And Damon says, two? Yeah, Damon says, both of us? Me too? This is funny because Stefan and Damon seem pretty confident that if Klaus came, they could handle that situation, which I think is a miscalculation. I know we haven't met Klaus, but we already know the originals can't be killed by a stake, which I guess they don't know yet at this point in the episode. But it just feels like, why do you think you can beat him? Main character syndrome. Like Rose is like 300 years older than you and she's terrified of him. But they're men. They're big, strong boys. And Stefan's like, look, I've been drinking two drops of human blood a day. I'm the strongest vampire out here. So she's annoyed because they want to save her life is the gist of this. And they're annoyed that they can't just save her life. Difference of opinion. Either she can just die and everyone else can live or everyone else can die and she can live. I mean, it feels fair to want to die in that. Well, situation. one thing also we do have to think about, which... Elena hasn't really thought about. No one's really bringing up because Elena is the main character, but it's not just Elena who has to die. Even if she takes the deal, they still need to kill a werewolf and a vampire. And they only have one werewolf. They can find, maybe Caroline can get out of it, but. Yeah, exactly. But we know one werewolf. Someone, it, it's not like only Elena is going to die in the sacrifice. That's the thing that Elena is sacrificing herself, but she's not. She's sacrificing more than just herself. She's sacrificing at least Tyler too. And even if it's not her loved ones, it's other people, you know? Well, I think also, even if she goes through with this sacrifice, the fact is Damon and Stefan and all these people still want to help her and want to stop this. That seems like enough for Klaus to want to kill them anyway, that they even tried to stop this, even if she wasn't part of that. So it's kind of like everyone's probably going to die anyway with the information you currently have. So really, what's the point? There's no, there's no good move here. Yeah. So then we go over to the school where Bonnie and Luca are chatting. She's like giving him her childhood history. She just learned she's a witch. Her grandma just told her, well, she told her before, but she was drunk. Anyway, she's new. 
She's got growing pains and it's been kind of hard on her physically. And Lucas says, oh yeah, you have nosebleeds. And she says, yeah, and sometimes I pass out. And he's like, well, you know, you're doing too much from yourself. You need to like get some energy from somewhere else. And she says, how? And he says that she can channel both nature and another witch and basically anything she can get power from. But those are the two examples he gives. And so he shows her how to channel another witch. Do I think he should have shown her how to channel nature instead? Yes. Channel some wind, guys. Well, they didn't have any wind. They had to make the wind. I do think, you know, I was watching this and I was like, well, she does need someone to teach her some of these like practical skills. Like, yeah, she's just been reading the grimoire, which has spells, but she doesn't know all these like little tips and tricks. And she does need some help from it. Do I think Luca is the right one? No, I don't trust him. Well, and you shouldn't because his dad's on Elijah's side. Hey, a dad and a son can be on different sides of something. And I trust Luca more than I trust his dad because I think he could come around on it, but I still don't trust him enough to give him any information. But even though Luca isn't directly involved, we know that, I mean, Elijah came in and was like, oh, where's Luca? So we know that he's on their side. I think he's on their side, but not as heavy as his dad is. Like I, I see it very realistically that Luca could bond with Bonnie and be like, no, I don't want to take advantage of her in this way. He seems to be an empath. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think Luca and his dad are involved with Elijah? How do you think that happened? What do you think they gain or he gains from them? You know, what do you think that relationship is all about? Well, you know, Elijah's scary to vampires. I see no reason why he wouldn't also be scary to witches. So I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a duress situation. Dr. Martin seems pretty calm around Elijah. Yeah, because he probably knows he won't kill him because he needs him. You have to think the originals have been around long enough. They must have gotten allies along the way. Like they probably have families of witches that are like kind of their families that they pull from the way that like Catherine is constantly like hanging out with Bennett witches, you know? Sure. I'm not sold on the fact that Jonas is good either. I think he could be like, I want more power. I I said this last week, the connotation of the word warlock, you think of warlocks, they want to be all powerful. Being all powerful would be like working with the top vampires. Wouldn't it be more powerful to not have to work for anybody? In theory. Elijah's got him over here doing fucking locator spells. It's child's play. You think Elijah's going to kill Jonas and Luca when he's finished with them? Or you think they're working together and he wants to keep them alive? I think he'll kill them if they lose their use, but I think it'd be hard for them to lose their use because they still do stuff that the originals can't do. The originals may be all powerful and can not die from stakes, but that doesn't mean that they can do spells. So Luca shows Bonnie how to channel. They make it windy, whatever. It's like a cool moment. And everyone's like, where the fuck did this wind come from? Yeah. There's papers and leaves everywhere. Yeah, they play some very cinematic music, but at the end of the day, it's a gust of wind. And Jeremy comes up and he's like, wow, windy. And Luca's like, global warming. And then he like makes eyes at Bonnie. Bonnie makes eyes at him and Luca leaves. And Jeremy's like, man, in front of me, Jeremy's like, now what the fuck? And Jeremy says, that guy's weird. And Bonnie says, no, he's not. It's like, okay. And, and Jeremy's like, please just give me some win. I am so tired of this. And then Bonnie notices that she still has Luca's dog tags, which they traded like pieces of jewelry to act as talismans for channeling. And so she noticed she has the necklace. She can't stop him. So she just holds on to it while she receives a text from Damon. So then we go over to the Salvatore house where Elena arrives and Rose is like naked because we're meant to believe that her and Damon are just having sex, which I mean, I just don't care. Yeah, I ignore that. It's not important to me. Elena is like, hey, I know this is kind of awkward, but actually I came to talk to you. So this is this works out. So Elena says, look, there's more information we need to learn. We know that Slater has it and you and Damon left before you could get it. And she's like, yeah, coffee shop blew up. I didn't like walk away because I was bored. And Elena's like, the the fact is that you left. Elena's like, and to be completely honest, you kind of owe me for kidnapping me because like if I wanted to, I could tell the Salvatores to kill you. And Rose is like, "Okay, but actually, I think it's really because you don't want them to know about this. And you're doing this while they're doing their little moonstone caper because, you know, they'll be distracted. And Elena says, "Okay." (laughs) Elena's like, well, you got me there anyway. Can we fucking go? She says, look, they care more about protecting me than all the people I love. And I don't really like agree with that. So I want to talk to Slater and figure this out for myself. She says, and you know what? If you do that for me, I can get you a daylight ring. Rose is like, oh, hell yeah. 
Okay, we're good. This is, I think, a smart move of Elena. Elena is not known for her plans or her intelligence. No offense. That's that's just not her main character trait because she just loves to insert herself wherever she doesn't belong. I do think this is a case where I would want to hear it from like a direct source. I would rather have that information to me and be able to ask questions rather than just hearing it all from other people. Yeah, just have an option to get a little closer. So then we go over to the school. Tyler is playing basketball by himself. And then Matt approaches and asks how he is. They have a conversation. Matt apologizes for picking a fight at the party. He feels so guilty about Sarah and he feels bad he's been avoiding him. The thing is, is that by now, Tyler's forgotten about Sarah. He has way more important things to think about. And he's totally forgotten about Matt picking a fight with him at this party. So, you know, Matt is like, suffering at home so worried about this and tyler has not given this a second thought no one is thinking about how matt is handling this situation there's too much else going on i literally like forgot matt was involved in this at any point like i was and then he came up and i was like oh i guess he was in the room when sarah died huh yeah i I did not think about him at all and tyler kind of accepts his apology because again tyler hasn't given him a second thought in a week So he feels bad about that. So he's like, I better accept this apology. (laughs) And then Caroline approaches Matt and she's like, hey, how are you? And he said, I've been better. When? (laughs) 10 years ago? Yeah, he hasn't (laughs) been better in a long time. Um, It just gets worse and worse. He do be going through it. And you would think I would feel sadder for him. But there's just so many other things happening. Plus, at this point, he's our only main character who doesn't know that there are any vampires in town. He doesn't know about a single supernatural creature. I don't, he doesn't even know Bonnie's a witch. Yeah. I mean, he really has no info. Like granted, Tyler only knows about Caroline, but that's still more info than Matt gets. And Matt dated her. Uh, So Matt heads out and Tyler's like, oh, are you guys still on the outs? And Caroline's like, yeah, I guess so. And Caroline says like, hey, so, you know, the full moon's coming up. I just want to see if like you had a plan. And he said, yeah, but it's private. And she's like, first of all, I'm really organized and helpful. So you should not turn down my help. But grudgingly, he accepts because she is organized and helpful. It's kind of what she's known for. He's like, that is actually a super good point. Um, yeah, she sure. rattles off her resume and he says, yeah, the qualifications line up. Yeah, he's like, that's fair. <laughs> so then we go over to the Salvatore house where now that Elaine is gone, Bonnie's meeting with the boys um, and Jeremy's there too. And Bonnie says, you know, I could probably like lift and then reinstate the tomb spell. And Jeremy's like, um, can I just like remind everyone that you and your grandma did it the last time your grandma died and it still didn't work? Yeah, Jeremy's the only one giving actual facts. Everyone's like, well, Bonnie's been practicing. It's like, okay, but just let's all agree that this is iffy at best. Yes. And Bonnie says, yeah, but I've learned new things since then. And it's like, Again, Damon and Stefan are so focused on Elena, they're willing to accept that, even though it's an obvious lie. And then Bonnie says, you know, are you guys underestimating Catherine, you think? Stefan's like, hey, she hasn't been feeding, so she's weaker than usual. And Bonnie's like, I really don't know about this plan. And Damon's like, well, it's not perfect. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's far from perfect, Damon. You need to think a little bit more. Yeah, it's just not solid. And I know they like, They don't seem to think that Bonnie is like the most powerful witch, but they seem awful pleased to ignore that. Yeah, it's very convenient um, the way their their understanding of her powers are. Yeah. And Jeremy says, like, look, I can go in. We don't need to lift the spell. I have a ring. I'll be fine. Damon says to Jeremy, why are you even here? But the thing is, I do think they should put some real thought into this plan Jeremy has. Granted, the plan should not be Jeremy walks in and does what he has to do. The plan should be Stefan and Damon are at the door shooting stakes at Catherine while Jeremy looks for the fucking thing and still use the ash, whatever. But I feel like this is not something they should just immediately dismiss. Yeah, I think Jeremy's plan was a lot more solid. And, you know, even though it did turn out pretty bad it could have worked had they all brainstormed this more it didn't work because jeremy did it on his own and had a couple blind spots they all have blind spots in it though that's why you work as a team yeah just don't take jeremy that seriously which is fair i mean no shade jeremy's only problem in the plan was that he took too long to get the moonstone and he couldn't get out if there had been someone at the door With extra ash or with extra stakes. Incapacitating Catherine, it would have been easy peasy. 
this is another case why Alaric would have been a good person to yeah, send in. That's because what I'm saying. He wouldn't have had those blind spots and he still would have had this ring. Send Jeremy and Alaric in. Or if we just brainstormed this idea a little bit, if someone had taken this seriously, Damon could have been like, it doesn't make sense to send you in because you're not that tough. But by the same token, Alaric might be a good option or like a team effort. Yeah, they all seem so convinced of this tomb spell plan that has no real justification as to why it would work. And oh, it, and I think because Bonnie feels the need to prove that she can save Elena, that she's useful, as do Stefan yeah. and Damon. They all feel this need to be the one who saves Elena. And I think also Stefan and Damon are like, look, Bonnie is willing to help us. We want to take advantage of that because like she hasn't been on our side in so long and we have a witch. That's great. That they just like feel like she has to be central to the plan. And honestly, she doesn't. And Bonnie says, well, look, I can make this plan better if we have something that belongs to Catherine. We take a break from that while they, you know, rummage through their things. And we check in with Rose and Elena who are arriving in Richmond. Rose knocks on the door like three times for Slater and gets no response. She says, well, that's that. And Elena's like, no. Elena's like, open the fucking door. You're a vampire. And so Rose opens the door and she says, well, I don't think Slater is going to be much help because she finds his gray, veiny, dead body. Oops. Yeah, she's like, oh, well, we're a little too late for this, huh? Both Elena and Rose assume that he was killed for the amount of information he had on other vampires. And you can tell he has a lot of information because he has seven computer monitors. At a certain point, it's diminishing returns. Like, you're not getting anything from that. At a certain point, he's just watching TV on three of them. Yeah. And in in which case, just get a TV. What, you're, you're working on 18 spreadsheets at a time? No way. And so Rose opens the curtains as they start rummaging through the apartment and Elena's like, Hey, and Rose is like, uh, no, it's okay. It's tempered glass. Like I know, I know about the sun. Thank you. Yeah. We do the, the it's tempered glass. UV can't penetrate. We, we get that explanation again, which I assume they'll rely on when they have like non daylight vampires who like, they just don't want to have it darkly lit all the time. They're like tempered glass. There it is. And she's like, Oh, you know, I just like to stand up here and watch the day. And Elena's like, Sorry about Slater. And Rose is like, yeah, well. She's like, what can you do? (laughs) So they find out the computer is password protected and they can't get in. But then luckily they hear rustling and they find a girl hiding who comes out and hugs Rose crying. This is an actress. Her name is Brie Condon. I looked her up on IMDb. I saw her name in the credits and I was like, why does that name look familiar? I was like, I feel like that's guest star. Like, that's a guest show we're going to see. But then I saw her and I was like, I don't know who this girl is. She was on one episode of Revenge, which I tell you only because I know you watched Revenge. But the thing that was interesting to me about it is that she just recently played Kimberly Guilfoyle in Bombshell. That must be where I remember the name from and why I don't recognize her because I didn't see Bombshell. Yeah, exactly. Because wh- no offense, why would I watch that? I know what happened. Exactly. But good for her to book that big role after this teeny tiny role. Yeah. So let me go back over to the Salvatore house. Stefan is like, I do, as a matter of fact, have something of Catherine's. It's this picture of her. So that picture of Catherine that he's been carrying around actually was Catherine's picture of herself that she was carrying around. Yeah. Love that for her. Because at the time, like getting a photo was not an easy feat. And she said, no, I'm going to get a picture of me to carry around vibes. Yeah. Selfie queen. Bonnie does a spell and says, like, I'm going to turn this picture into ash. you can blow it at her it'll incapacitate her for a minute or two while you get the moonstone and stuff is like whoa whoa you're you're destroying that yeah someone's like actually i want that back (laughs) yeah he's like actually that's very important to me so then we go to the woods tyler and caroline are walking around and tyler's like hey matt seems bummed and caroline's like yeah well it is what it is and tyler's like yeah i mean if you can't be honest with him there's really no point in being with him it's totally tough and they are like bonding over having to lie to everyone they love although caroline is lying to tyler as well so he doesn't know that She's not like actively lying. Well, I guess she is. I was going to say she's just leaving out a lot of details, but he did ask her if there were other vampires. She said, no. So Tyler says like, this is the Lockwood cellar. And Caroline says, I know. And he says, what? (laughs) And she's like, oh, I just like, I knew we were on the Lockwood property. And he, he's kind of like, huh, but he moves on. Yeah, he definitely clocks it. But also it isn't weird that she would know that it's the Lockwood property. Well, yeah, I mean, he brought Amy Bradley here at a party. Like, this isn't exactly a secret place. Yeah. 
It's not hidden. It's bricks in the middle of the forest and it's a small town. Kids hang out in the forest. So they go down to the cellar and Tyler correctly guesses that this is where Mason was headed the night that he turned. And Tyler says that Tyler says, oh, Mason bolted before I triggered the curse, bolted to heaven because he's dead. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so Mason didn't tell him about the cellar, but he found bolts, chains, claw marks. He did the math. Tyler's not a dumbass completely. Yeah, he followed Mason, saw some claw marks and was like, OK, I, I get it. As they're looking around at the cellar where Caroline has been, this is where her mom took Stefan and Damon to be killed. Caroline finds a journal wrapped up in some muslin, and it seems to be a journal Mason kept about his transitions. I was so excited. I was like, finally, a secret journal. I thought it was like an old journal, like a Lockwood from the past. No. Describing it, but no, it's just Mason's old diary. It's just one notebook from like two weeks ago. (laughs) At least it's a year. Sure. In the journal, he says the full moon is tonight. And they find in the back of the journal, a little memory card. That's nice. That's pretty handy of him. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Damon and Stefan are gathering weapons, talking about everything they're going to need to bring to the tomb. And Bonnie says, you guys go ahead without me. You know, whatever, I'll meet you there. And as soon as they leave, Jeremy's like, hey, um, I just want to reiterate, you're not strong enough to do this. And that's not a judgment call. That just is what it is. He's like, I'm not saying you're a bad witch, but I'm saying like you are not capable of this and you're going to hurt yourself. And Bonnie says, I'll be fine. And Jeremy says, uh, you could get hurt. And Bonnie's like, yeah, but Elena could die. And Jeremy's like, well, but you could die. Like, I don't want anyone to die. He's like, at least no one's after Elena at the moment. But Jeremy smartly pretends to, you know, agree and understand what she's saying. And then he's like, hey, can you go get me like a bag or something? She says, sure. And she turns away. He takes a little bit of ash for himself. So then we go back over to Richmond. Rose comforts Alice a little bit and then comes up to Elena to tell her what Alice told her. And Rose is like, oh, yeah, she found him just a few minutes before we did. And then she hid. And Elena's like, oh, my God, how is she? And Rose is like, "Uh, she's overreacting. (laughs) I do. I thought it was interesting because when she came out, I was like, has she been hiding there like since Elijah was here? Like, I thought she would have some information to be able to say Elijah was alive. No, she just just got there. And Elena's like, she's not overreacting. Her boyfriend just died. And Rose said she didn't care about Slater. She was just dating him to see if he would turn her. She's crying for herself. Yeah, she said, no, those tears are for her. Like, it's fine. And so that's good because then Elena doesn't feel bad manipulating Alice. Yes. <laughs> so Elena goes and sits with Alice and Alice is like, oh, you look super familiar. And Elena, like, doesn't even respond to that. Yeah, Elena's like, weird. Anyway, and Alice like, oh, <laughs> did you know Slater? And she says, no, not personally, but I know he has really good records and I want to get closer to Klaus. Alice is like, mm, I don't know about that. And Elena's like, well, Alice is like, well, Slater wasn't really that close to Klaus. So no. And she's like, and Klaus excited. doesn't want to be like found. Yeah. And Elena's like, OK, um, do you have Slater's computer password? And Alice says, I just saw my boyfriend with a stake through his heart. And Elena says, I understand that. Do you have his computer password? Which is. <laughs> The best line over the course of this whole series, to be completely honest, it makes me laugh so hard every time. I do love it. She's like, yeah. Did you hear my fucking question? (laughs) Did I fucking stutter? What's his password? Alice is annoyed because she knows that's how she's supposed to react in this situation, even though she didn't care about Slater. And Elena says, what if I could convince Rose to turn you? And Rose overhears this and she's like, excuse me. But Alice is like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'll, (laughs) I'll give you my boyfriend's password. Yeah, Rose looks at her and is like, no. No. And Alice immediately goes and hugs in. So once they get in, they find that the hard drive has been wiped out, likely by the person who killed him, Elijah. But great news from Alice. They have a remote server where they keep all the backup. Smart of Slater. And Rose says to Elena, you know that like I'm not going to turn her, right? And Elena says, yeah, I know that, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> and Alice logs in. His password is Kristen Stewart. Love. They look at his list of information and they find a bunch of emails that were exchanged about Elijah with Cody Weber. So Alice is like, oh, I can call Cody. And Elena says, great. Yeah, she's like, great, do that. Yeah, she's like, here's the message I want passed along. Uh, the doppelganger is alive and she's ready to surrender. Rose is like, what? And Alice is like, oh, that's what I know you from. <laughs> Rose is like, wait, that was the plan? And so Elena like walks away a little overwhelmed. She goes to catch her breath and Rose follows her. And she's like, 
hey, Elena, you know that like if Klaus finds out you're alive, he will find you and kill you. And then she's like, oh, that was your plan all along to sacrifice yourself to save everyone else. Okay, I feel stupid for not seeing that. Rose is like, damn, she manipulated me too. And Alice is like, all right, Cody's on the way. He's really excited to meet you. And Elena's like, I'm sure he is. So then we go down to the tomb and Jeremy has decided to get there ahead of everyone else because he wants to talk to Catherine. And he says, hey, Catherine, can I have the moonstone? And she says, "Uh, yeah, come and get it. He shoots a stake at her and gets her with ash and walks in to look for it. And he says, thought you might say that. Effective plan at first. But the problem is he doesn't know where it is. And Catherine smartly put it way in the back of the tomb. Yeah, he assumes it's like on her person. So he spends some time like patting her down. It's not there. And he's like, wait. And you can kind of tell he's like, oh, see, this would have been something I should have asked about first. But she's pretty on the ground. So I think he's like, okay, I have a little time to look, you know. Well, then he walks to the back. He should put a little pep in his step. But he does find it. And then he starts to run to the door. Unfortunately, he's not fast enough. Catherine's up. She bites him. But as she's biting him, he tosses the moonstone out of the tomb. Smart move by him. He's like, look, I, you know, I'm already in here. I might as well get the moonstone out. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, upstairs, Bonnie and the Salvatores are arriving. And she's like, sorry, I had to go home to get the grimoire. And Damon's like, oh, Jeremy couldn't take the pressure, huh? And Bonnie's like, he said he'd be here. He'll be here, whatever. As they're about to head down, Damon gets a call from Rose. And she says, don't hate me, but you really need to get to Richmond right now. He listens and he goes. Yeah, he's like, okay, bye, guys. You got like, this. You don't need me for this. Yeah. And so... Even though their plan was to go in and get the Moonstone together, whatever, it doesn't matter because that plan is thrown out of whack as Stefan and Bonnie get downstairs and they notice the Moonstone. And Stefan's like, huh? They're like, that's weird. I didn't think Catherine would just like throw it out for us. (laughs) But then Catherine, you know, makes everything known. She says, hey, so I have Jeremy now. And Jeremy's like, I'm sorry, I took some of the powder. And yeah, he's like, I, I didn't plan this well. I'm so sorry. And Catherine's like, now listen, the thing about him is, I know he's not going to die. He's just going to keep coming back to life because he's got this ring. So I'm just going to keep killing him. Um, So you guys give me a call when Bonnie has the tomb open. This is really, honestly, better than anything Catherine could have asked for. A human automatic refill blood bag. Yeah. So now she's safe from Klaus and she's not hungry. Yeah, this is a good situation for her. Like she didn't need the moonstone. She was just holding onto that as a bargaining chip. But now she's not hungry. So who cares? Exactly. And, you know, I'll just say, you know, they go through a lot of paths to happen. Bonnie still has this powder. That powder is not going to do anything to Jeremy. I don't know why you wouldn't just throw it and be like, Jeremy, go. But yeah, just immediately now when she's like, see, like the moonstone's out. You just have to get get Jeremy out. So then we go check in on Elijah and Dr. Martin. They're doing a spell to help find out where Elena is using the hair he stole from Elena's room and a framed photo of Elena in her cheerleading outfit. I do love the photo of her, like clearly her cheer photo for that year. So they use basically Elijah's blood. He closes his eyes and looks for her. In Richmond, Elena is looking out the window and she sees Elijah's reflection in the window behind her. So Elijah knows where she is because, as we know, he was just there not two days ago to kill Slater. He's like, oh, I know that spot. He's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where she is right now. So then we go back to the tomb where Stefan clocks that Damon has left and also recognizes that now that Catherine has fed, she's strong. So their entire plan is out the window and they really need to get Jeremy out of there. And Bonnie says, like, look, we have more ash if you get close, but the spell to open the tomb is gonna take a while. There is this level of like, like you needed the tomb open so you could go and get the moonstone. Why do you still need it open? Like the moonstone's out. I guess so they can go in and grab Jeremy without letting Catherine hurt like a human. But Uh, the only option right now is to have Jeremy walk out, which he can't do because Catherine's strong and has him uh, trapped. Yeah. To send Stefan in, which they don't want to do because he can't come out or to send Bonnie in and she's not strong enough to fight him off. And like, realistically, they could call someone. Honestly, now's the time to bring Tyler into it. But it's like, that is a little bit more of a delay. And she keeps killing Jeremy in the meantime. And they don't want Jeremy to keep dying, even though he's going to come back to yeah. life. It does feel like the, t- the bringing the tomb spell down is still the most complicated version of this plan. In Stefan's mind still, whether he's like actually thinking this or not, 
that seems like the easiest option because to him, it's like, well, Bonnie said she can do it. Yeah. And I think Stefan wants to be the one to save Jeremy. So when he sees Elena at the end of the day, he can be like, guess what I did today? I saved your brother. Yeah. In love. In love yet. So then we peek over at the Martin's house where Luca arrives home. And then we cut back to the tomb where Bonnie starts a spell and you can see she's got Luca's dog tags and you can tell that Luca like clocks that he's being channeled, but doesn't tell his dad right away. And this is when I was like, well, maybe Luca isn't like sold on being on this side with his dad. But I think also he was kind of embarrassed that he really fumbled this. Yeah. <laughs> Luca definitely notices that he left his dog tag with Bonnie. And based on the scene here, it seems like that was a true, complete accident. Yeah, at first I thought he did it purposefully to like track if she tried anything, but obviously that backfired because he felt it, but then it hurt him too. So yeah. I think it was literally an accident. So then we check in on Tyler and Caroline and they're putting the memory card they found in Mason's journal into a computer. And they find out it's from September 15th, which was a full moon. So it's a filmed video of his first transformation. And luckily on September 16th, he wrote all about it. So Caroline reads through the entry as Tyler like scrubs through the video. He says, you know, I went to the garage because it was quiet and I could like hole up. I put some wolfsbane and diluted it with water to drink and weaken myself, but I really couldn't keep it down. So that's what he was drinking. Yeah. When he was going to transform in the Lockwood cellar, he did drink something that I said looked like crystal light. Turns out it was wolfsbane. Based on the video, we can tell that Mason seems to be in quite a bit of pain and in the journal he says you know i thought i would black out but nope i felt every second of it so which like this is helpful to know what you're getting into but i honestly think it made it worse and the the tape by the way is upwards of five hours long yeah of him just screaming in pain and i have a question we don't see him turn into a wolf is that because of the wolf's pain like we never see a wolf form from him I think we can just assume that the full moon hadn't crested yet. Oh, okay. It's, I think it's really for the sake of storytelling that we see Mason's in pain rather than we see him turn into a wolf. Well, I guess eventually he turns into a wolf, but it's really pain. There's a lot of pain happening before then. We don't really yeah. need to see the wolf. The thing that they'll say a couple times is like when the full moon crests in the sky. So leading up to when it crests, I imagine there's a lot of pain okay. and it takes longer because your body hasn't done it before. As people get used to it, I think it is not quite so long. Aggressive and painful, yeah. It seems like it. they kind of alluded that it would get easier. Yeah, but Tyler can't see that yet. He freaks out, he pauses the video, and he's like, "Um, I cannot do that. The bad thing is, Tyler, you're going to have to. Caroline's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, that's not really up to you. Like, you shouldn't have killed a girl. (laughs) I guess you shouldn't have killed Sarah. Sarah's in heaven like, yeah, that's right, bitch. They're like, that's what you fucking get. So then we go back over to Richmond where Damon is arriving and Elena obviously immediately knows Rose called him. And Elena's like, Rose, I thought you understood. And Damon's like, she lied. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's lying to each other in Richmond. And Damon says, okay, so we're going to leave. And Elena's like, no, I actually don't want to go with you. And Damon's like, you don't get to make decisions anymore. And Elena's like, um, I've never made a decision. You guys always make my decisions, but this actually is my decision. I don't really want to be saved if it means that Klaus is going to kill everyone I love. And Damon says that he'll carry her out if he has to. And she says no. And she tries to punch him, but he catches her fist. And then he like, they like look at each other longing. I'm not like longingly, but like angrily. I mean, it is sexy. There is some passion there. They feel it. Elena definitely feels it, but she will not admit it. And she does have a good point. Stefan and Damon do make a lot of her decisions for her, although that also is because they have a lot more knowledge so they can make more informed decisions. Yeah. But you can see why that would be frustrating. So let me go back to the tomb. Bonnie is continuing to do the spell. And Jeremy from in the tomb is like, hey, Stefan, you need to stop her. She is not strong enough to do this. And Stefan's like, mm, I think we're, we're okay, you know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it starts to sink in for Stefan, but he's like, mm, I'll give it a second. He's like, I'm going to wait a little bit of time. So then we check over at the Mertens where it's getting harder and harder for Luca to hide what's going on. So he tells his dad, he's like, yeah, Bonnie Bennett is channeling me. And Dr. Martin's like, why the fuck did you tell her how to do that? Yeah, he's like, how, how did that happen, Luca? 
how did you get into this situation? Luca's like, you told me to bond with her. I bonded. And it is looking bad for Luca. He's got a nosebleed. He's not doing well. Back in the tomb, Bonnie's not doing well either. And so again, Jeremy is like, you need to stop her. So Catherine knocks him over to shut him up. And then Stefan has enough information. He tries to stop her. It looks for a second like maybe Dr. Martin does something to break the channel because he says something and touches his son. For whatever reason, the spell stops. Bonnie faints. I think it's a combo of both of them, like kind of uh, overheating, essentially. Yeah. And both of them being pulled out of it by someone like at the same time. Yes. You know, it's like their their bodies are already pushing it and someone's pulling them out. It's like, OK, Bonnie, you know, wakes up from fainting and she has she has a moment where everything sinks in and she's like, it didn't work. Even with help, I'm not strong enough to do it. Jeremy's like, I fucking said that, but OK. And Catherine says, okay, too bad, so sad. I'm still hungry. So she goes to feed on Jeremy again. So Stefan goes in and pushes Jeremy out to save him. And now he's stuck in the tomb with Catherine. And Catherine is just as giddy as can be with this development. She's like, now this, this work. She said, date night. I'm pleased with this. I do love, Stefan loves to fucking walk into a tomb. One thing about Stefan is he's going to walk in a tomb. Uh, he talks a big game of how he doesn't want to, but this is the second time this has happened. So I'm just saying. So then we check in again with Caroline and Tyler and Caroline's like, hey, maybe we should like stop reading. Like there's a reason it's called a curse. Doesn't seem fun. Like, let's take a break. Yeah, Caroline's kind of like, this is clearly only making you more scared. So if we can like get you away from this, maybe you'll calm down again. But Tyler's already deep in his head. He's like unimaginable pain. It was seemingly endless. The worst night of Mason's life. And Caroline's like, but it says that the transformation speeds up over time. So this first one will be the worst if you can just get through it. And Tyler says, hey, you know, why are you helping me? Why do you even care about me? We've never been friends. And Caroline's like, well, we've known each other all our lives. And he's like, yeah, but we've never been close. He's like, that doesn't make us friends. They're definitely like tangential friend groups, but they've never been friends. To be fair, Tyler doesn't really have any friends. Yeah. He's kind of a lone wolf. I mean, and that's fine. Hee hee. <laughs> but I think he is kind of like, well, I don't have any friends. Why is Caroline suddenly deciding to be my friend right now? Yeah, especially when she does have friends. Yeah, she has other people to hang out with. She doesn't have to be doing this. So Caroline says, it just honestly seems like you need the help. I was alone when I turned. I had no control over anything. And I killed someone and I don't want that to happen to you. And I don't want you to be alone. And this is a the truth. I mean, obviously, but yeah. B, it is it's enough for Tyler to be like, OK, you can help me. Well, yeah. And I don't know. I think I think Tyler is not used to people being like just nice to him. Yeah, because and not for nothing, because he's not super nice to other people. He clearly closes himself off. He's protecting himself. I get that. But I I think he just was like, why would Caroline just be being nice to me? And it's like, because she's a nice person. But also because she went through a really rough transformation. And she's like, if I can make this like kind of process easier for someone else, then at least it feels like I went through that for a reason. And that's kind of, you know, Caroline's thing. She likes to help. So then the doorbell rings and Caroline goes up to get it. And it's Matt. And I was like, do you think Matt and Caroline are going to get back together? I pray they don't. And I think the good thing about Matt being such a fucking loser is I think the fact that Tyler was there is going to at least make him too scared to do anything. So I was real happy when Tyler came out. (laughs) So Matt says, you know, I was just driving home from work and I found myself here. And Caroline's like, well, I've been really worried about you. And he says he missed her and they smile at each other. And then Tyler comes to the door and Matt's like, uh, what? Yeah, I think that's enough for Matt to be like, oh, may- like maybe I missed my chance. I don't know. I think you think Matt's not going to ask any follow up questions and he'll just give up on dating Caroline because of that. I am praying. I-, I think Caroline does want to get back together with him right now, but I think she will eventually get back to her reasoning of like, I cannot be with him during this tumultuous time. Well, there's another solution for that other than breaking up with him. If she truly wants to be with him, she could tell him about vampires. I guess. Do you think that Matt will learn about supernatural creatures in season two? I think that depends on how much he wants, like how hard he fights for Caroline right now. And do you think if he finds out, it will be from Caroline? At this point for Matt to find out, either Caroline would have to tell him, Tyler would have to tell him, but I doubt that, or Matt will see something. 
Matt will stumble into it. And I think Matt stumbling into it is more likely because even though Caroline likes Matt, I think she is also coming from a place of like, I want to protect him. Caroline feels very much in this protector role that I think has only gotten stronger since her transformation. It's the same reason she's bonding with Tyler. She wants to protect him in the same way, but she can protect Tyler in a different way than Matt. And right now she's actually not that much of protection to Matt. But also she's very good friends with Stefan. And if she goes to talk to Stefan about this, Stefan will be like, yeah, you can protect Matt. Look what I do with Elena. I'm a baller. I guess. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think Caroline has grown so much that it just doesn't make sense to be like hanging out with Matt anymore. I, I don't know that she'll find that on her own immediately, but. Yeah, because the reason that she broke up with Matt was really because she thought she was going to kill him. Yeah. But she doesn't feel that way anymore. She's got everything under control. So why not get back together with Matt? Yeah, I guess that's true. I could see them getting back together briefly, but not for very long, because I think it's going to become like, even if she decides to tell him about vampires, that's going to take Matt's little pea brain a while to really comprehend. And I honestly don't think Caroline has the energy to like wait for someone like that when she has all this other shit going on. What else does she have going on? She's taking care of Tyler. She's paying attention to Elena's stuff. She's helping Bonnie. What's she helping Bonnie with? Be a better witch. She's just a good friend. I'm sure she's talking to her. I don't think Caroline is integral to most of those things. See, I think I'm just projecting like, why would she want to hang out with Matt? And so I'm coming up with reasons. You you don't want this couple to be together, but you ha- you have no actual reason why they won't be. The only reason I feel like is likely is I think Matt's going to pick up on a vibe between her and Tyler, whether that vibe is really going anywhere at this point or not. It's not like 100%. But, you know, Matt's insecure. He's not going to like even the possibility of that. And you think he won't talk to Tyler about it? I don't know. His friend who he just made up with? He's not exactly good at communicating. I mean, he likes to get a little pissy in his corner. And so I think he'll let it stifle and will say something to Tyler, then it's just another fight. I don't know if that's the read I have on Matt. I think he is actually pretty good at communicating. He just communicates stupid ideas. Hmm. But hey, we can have different reads on the same character. I might be thinking the same thing. I just think, I don't think he knows what his feelings mean. I just think that if Matt was picking on up on a vibe between Caroline and Tyler, he would go to Tyler and be like, hey, is there a vibe there? Because I've always liked her and you've always been talking shit on her. And truthfully, I'd like to get back together with her. And I just want to know what's going on. I guess he, he would do that. You're just projecting because you don't want it to work. So you're hoping he messes it up. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out. I'm just hoping no for these two. And I'm hoping the Caroline uh, and Tyler vibes are strong enough to overpower it. We'll see. So then we go back over to Richmond where Damon is grabbing Elena and he's like, okay, time to get out of here. We've had our fun. But Cody and two little lackeys of his have shown up for the doppelganger after Alice called them. And they're like, hey, uh, we're here for the doppelganger. And Damon's like, yeah, there's nothing here for you. Thanks, though. And then they're like standing in the triangle formation, the three guys. Yeah. And the one in the back, all of a sudden, dies and falls to the ground. And when he falls to the ground, it's revealed that behind him is Elijah holding his heart. And they are all shook because they're like, uh, that guy was dead. <laughs> so Rose immediately books it out of there. She's like, I'm Smart. not going to be here for this. Smart. That is why she is still alive. And Damon says, hey, I killed you. You're dead. And Elijah says, for centuries now. <laughs> yeah, Elijah's like, obviously I'm not, but go off. And so Elijah focuses on the randos. He says, who are you? And they say, who are you? And he says, I'm Elijah. And they are like, oh, shit. They're like, oh, we were going to bring her to you. We were going to bring her to Klaus. Like, we have heard about the doppelganger. This is her. Like, she's here. We don't know how she exists. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, this is all information Elijah already knows. Yeah. And so Elijah says, hey, uh, does anyone else know you're here? And they say no, which is stupid. Cody, this was the time to lie, King. You should always say yes. Granted, Elijah would compel the truth out of him. But still, I think they wouldn't leave alive anyway because he would just kill whoever knew they were here. He would have killed them all regardless. But in general, if someone is like, does anyone know you're here? Say yes. Yeah. If they're asking that, they are asking, are there witnesses? Yeah. Is someone going to come looking? That's just general life advice. 
And so they say, no, no one knows about you. And he says, well, then you guys have been so incredibly helpful. And then he pulls out both their hearts at the same time. It is very hot and sexy. Pretty dope. Pretty dope of him to do two at a time. And it just, it, it's like picking up a burrito from their hands. It is nothing. There is no effort there. Yeah. Damon like gets ready to fight Elijah and then Elijah runs away and leaves Elena there. And Damon and Elena were like, what the fuck? And honestly, good thing. Cause Damon, what the fuck were you going to do? Yeah. You already know you didn't kill him last time. What, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And that was when you had two of you fighting him. Yeah. And you had a bunch of stakes. So then we go back to the Martin's house. Elijah is there to see Dr. Martin and Elijah's like, oh, where's Luca? And Dr. Martin's like, oh, asleep. And Elijah's like, hey, so thanks to that spell, I did find Elena and I found her with one of the brothers who killed me. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Martin's like, I assume he didn't live to tell about it. (laughs) And Elijah's like, no, I spared him because he would literally die to save Elena and so would the other brother and that's kind of what we need is her to be kept safe so I'm just gonna let them do that yeah it just saves work for them they need her to be alive until the sacrifice happens so they might as well have someone else protecting her why would he do all that work what do you think they're waiting for for the sacrifice to happen like why couldn't it just happen tonight that's a good question well there's one thought if they're assuming that they're going to use Tyler I don't know what their plan for a werewolf is because Catherine had clearly been cultivating that to bring to Klaus. If they're planning to use Tyler, if they know about him, I'm guessing he needs to transform at least once before he can like qualify as a werewolf for the sacrifice. But I'm not convinced that that's like their only reason. I mean, we haven't met Klaus yet. Maybe Klaus needs to get here. I don't know. Sure, just asking. Maybe they just need to get all the originals together and their schedules are busy. So it's how like many a, originals do you think there are out of curiosity? I think I, I said nine to 11 at one point, and I feel confident about that. It's Supreme Court size. Sure. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie has brought Jeremy home. They're both mad at each other and at themselves because she's mad he did something stupid. He obviously feels bad about Stefan being stuck in the tomb, and Bonnie feels like, inadequate because she can't get him out they're both mad because jeremy thinks bonnie never should have even tried this spell because they knew she wasn't strong enough and bonnie thinks he should have never gone without them and they're both right they should have had a happy medium between these two plans they both think the other's plan was bad and they are both also feeling bad that their plan didn't work because their whole purposes of their individual plans was to stop the other one from getting hurt They both got hurt and they both failed. So no one's happy. Yeah. So they both lost. I mean, they both got hurt. They both failed and they, you know, they got the moonstone. So that's one way to protect Elena, but that's going to be really overshadowed by the fact that Stefan's in the tomb now. And now they don't know how to open it. Yeah. Like now it's confirmed that that's at least a bigger hurdle and Stefan's in there. So the moonstone win is going to not feel very big to Miss Elena. Exactly. You know, Jeremy's like, well, I just want to protect you. I don't want you to get hurt. And Bonnie says, "Mm, you can't feel that way about me. And he says, "Okay, don't act like this is one sided. Like, I'm just like a kid who has a crush on you. Yeah, he's like, hey, let's not pretend that we haven't been vibing heavy. You know, they both said that each of them could have died today. They get a little close and Bonnie's like kind of into it at first. And then he tries to kiss her and she says, I can't. Sorry. And then leaves. Poor Jeremy. Down bad. What a hard day. So then we go out to the porch of the Gilbert house where Damon is bringing Elena home. Damon is like, I cannot believe Rose ran away. And Elena's like, that's not even like a big deal. Like, whatever. She's like, that didn't hurt my feelings. Like she had to get out of there, whatever. Elena's like, I'm more concerned with the fact that Elijah is alive and he killed all those vampires, but let us go. And Damon says, I don't know what to tell you. And she's like, whatever. So she's about to go inside. And then he grabs her arm and says like, hey, what you did today was incredibly stupid. And she says, yeah, the only stupid thing was that I got caught. And also Damon acts like he's like solved this problem. He hasn't. Like Elijah is alive. He knows she's alive. Just because he didn't kill you right then. Like that doesn't mean that's solved. But whatever. That's a problem for another episode. But it's solved for the day. Yeah. Apparently. And Elena says, you know, I don't question why everyone tries so hard to save me. So you should not question me trying to save you. And then she's like, whatever. Good night, Damon. And that's another moment where you can tell Damon is like, oh, she's thinking about saving me. Me? He said, me? He starts to see it from that way of like, oh, maybe she does. Like, this is about caring about people, which I think he knows. 
that it's about at least caring about Stefan and her family. But now this is more confirmation that like he's included in that. The more he can hear that, the better, you know? Exactly. So Jeremy opens the door and he's like, hey, so there's something up with Stefan. Yeah, he opens the door, his face all bloody, there's a bandage. And he's like, hey, so Stefan. <laughs> and Elena says, oh my God, Stefan. And ignores the fact that her brother's got a bite in his neck. Just kidding. I'm sure she talks to him. So Elena runs down to the tomb and she's like, Stefan, Stefan. And Damon does not let her go in. Elena blames Damon for letting this happen. But Damon's like, um, well, I was busy saving you. So that's on you, queen. Damon's like, I literally wasn't here. <laughs> yeah. And so they argue about her going in and whose fault it is. And there is sexual tension. And Stefan can feel the sexual tension even from deep in the tomb. Yeah, we cut to Stefan and Catherine and Stefan is listening and you can see on his face like, oh, there's some passion there. And he does not come out to go see them. So Damon like basically pins Elena against the wall while she like writhes and, you know, throws a little bit of a tantrum. And eventually she stops fighting and Damon lets go of her and she tries to go in the tomb and he stops her. He's like, don't you dare. So she runs upstairs. She doesn't want to deal with it. And once she's out of there, that's when Stefan appears at the entryway to the tomb. And Damon calls him an idiot, but still says he'll try to get him out. And Stefan says, look, I can handle myself in here. Work with Bonnie on despelling the moonstone. And Damon's like, great. So you murdered yourself and I'm stuck with a semi-competent witch. (laughs) And then Stefan gets to the real meat of this conversation. He says, you need to keep Elena away from here. And Damon says, yeah, that'll be easy. Yeah, he's like, did you see how much work that just took? And then Stefan says, promise me you'll protect her. And Damon's like, yeah, I promise. Obviously, come on. And so Damon leaves. And as soon as Damon leaves, Catherine comes up and she's like, that is the biggest mistake you've ever made. Yeah, as soon as he was like, just protect her. And I said, oh, Catherine's about to get in his head about that one. And in in his head, she gets. And he tries to ignore her and walks into the tomb. And that is the end of the episode. So- How long do you think Stefan's going to be stuck in this tomb with Catherine? How do you think that's going to affect him? Well, you know, we all saw him question Catherine for like a day when she was quote unquote poisoned by Vervain. She is very capable of manipulating him and she she is freshly fed. So she has at least some energy and power back. But I think this is a situation where Catherine's like, okay, like we're stuck here for a while. So I can just kind of like hang out. This is my chance to get Stefan to fall in love with me again. She's like, he has no one else he can talk to. And he's purposely keeping Elena away. Yeah. Not that he would want to talk to Elena with Catherine sitting there anyway. I know. Can you imagine? Yeah. Catherine Catherine would not let them talk. Yeah. She'd just be sitting with them, heckling everything. I mean, I think he'll be in there at least through most of next episode. I'll tell you something that might change your um, opinion. Next episode is the mid-season finale. Okay. I just want you to think about that. Yeah. Knowing next episode is the mid-season finale. I know that you often push a lot of your theories to the mid-season finale. What do you think we can expect from the mid-season finale? Well, I think we're going to meet Klaus. Okay. I do think it's possible that they'll get out of this tomb next episode. It's not like there are no witches around. I think we could see a return of Lucy. There are, I mean, there are plenty of people that we can reach out to or find to help open the tomb. If we meet some originals, whatever, like even if they get everyone together, I think they'll want Catherine dead and out of the tomb to do that. I mean, she's she was, quote unquote, in a tomb for years. So I think there's a chance that I'll get open regardless. So I do think there's a good chance the tomb could be open next episode. I also think could be like not open at the end of the episode and open soon after. Like, I don't think Stefan's going to be in there for a long, long time. You think the big event of next episode is going to be getting that tomb figured out? Yeah, I think that's what they're going to be working on next episode. And when I say that I think we're going to meet Klaus next episode, I don't necessarily mean like beginning of the episode Klaus is here. I think there's a good chance that he will be that last shot before the title comes up at the end of the episode next episode. Sure. Because, you know, we've been waiting for that reveal. We know that that reveal has been built up by the writers and that they wanted it to be a big reveal. And what better way to to reveal someone than as the cliffhanger of a mid-season finale? I think that's a good theory. So I think Stefan will either be out of the tomb the end of next episode or the during the episode after next. Like, I don't think he'll be there for a really long time because there's going to be a lot of fight to get him out. A lot of people are going to want him out of that tomb. 
And at this point, Catherine's going to do what she does. Her getting in or out of the tomb, who cares? I I think that threat is kind of less of a big deal now, you know? Yeah, we got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But that's the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers and the Vampire Diaries, please recommend it to your friends. And if you love the show, you can show your support by giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.